This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with the CEO and founder, Dr. Wakaz Al-Sadiq. He's going to talk to us about his company, his priorities, his goals, and his advice for other founders and what he's watching in the med tech space. Dr. Al-Sadiq, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and, and tell us about your company? Absolutely. And thank you for having me, Scott. Uh, pleasure to be here. So a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm an engineer by training, uh, engineering and economist, um, and then uh, have my doctorate in business and really did the big engineering thing, uh, then did the investment banking thing. But I was always interested in this idea of uh, monitoring. Um, I did a bunch of work in my grad school with the sensor networks, and I always felt that the future was in collecting data. And so, you know, after my, my banking career, I went into the entrepreneurial world and, you know, got into cloud computing, got into um, healthcare lifestyle companies, but I kept on seeing a gap. I, I saw that everybody was focused on this lifestyle wellness space because that was blowing up and it was easy to access uh, customers and, and, and generate revenue right away, which is, of course, paramount when you're um, looking to do a startup. And, you know, I, I just kept on seeing that every time I joined, um, there was not a focus on remote monitoring as, as how I saw it the future. And so ultimately that led me to, you know, finally take the step and say, you know what, I'm going to start my own thing as opposed to trying to attach myself to, you know, other visions. And that was the birth of biotricity and, you know, biotricity at its core, we are, we focused on remote patient monitoring and built a platform uh, technology that's really, you know, integrated IoT, big data, cloud computing, the idea of bringing any sensor in and, and creating smart uh, remote sensing uh, devices. And so we built that platform. And then uh, at the end of um, 2015, we were like, you know, we have to apply this in a space uh, because ultimately we wanted to, to to look at the healthcare angle and the technology was designed and, and focused for, for this, to fill this gap and uh, focused on cardiac because cardiac is the number one killer. We've seen a lot of work in diabetes. We've seen a lot of work in sleep apnea, but cardiac is very interesting where, you know, you've got the uh, majority of the patient population has are asymptomatic. They have intermittent issues. It's a silent killer. And yet, the best you have is a 30-second ECG or, or, or a one-minute ECG that you can collect off of your cell phone. And so we applied that platform in cardiac. And today, Biotricity, we've got one of the top-end diagnostic smart devices, which is you know size of an Apple mouse uh, and, and attaches to your chest. And it collects your ECG, determines if there's an emergency, and then transmits it to a call center where you can have nurses review that data and deal with emergency response. So you know, that saves lives every day. It's used by 1,500 cardiologists across 25 states to diagnose patients every day. And then we've taken that technology and we've created a suite of products. And that's what this year is all about, which is, you know, tracking the patient from diagnostics uh, through their entire disease journey. And, and how does it do that? How does it track the patient? And are you focused mostly on the cardiovascular space? Yeah, so right now we're focused um, primarily on the cardiovascular space and anything that is like a, a comorbidity. So, you know, we, we talk about comorbidity. So people who are have cardiac risk and may have other risks, right? So you have, you know, the intersection of cardiac and diabetes, cardiac and hypertension, cardiac and sleep apnea, cardiac and neurology, cardiac and kidney disease. So, you know, cardiac, of course, is our sole focus, but then we're integrating and pulling data from other places to basically look at patients, not just in, in the cardiac space, but patients that have higher risk and, and are in other uh, disease categories. 
And in terms of your first question, in terms of how, how are we dealing with this and how are we doing this in terms of tracking patients? So the, our core product is a diagnostic product. You feel something, you go to your doctor, you're considered high risk. The doctor will prescribe you our, our device. Um, you wear it uh, 24 hours a day for, let's say, 7 to 10 days. It's collecting your ECG, but it's analyzing that data in real time. So, you know, we will wake up a patient in the middle of the night and say, hey, you're having an emergency situation. You need to get to the hospital. Um, you know, our, our data will see what's happening. So, you know, strokes, we talk about strokes. Many times the stroke signs are happening a week in advance. So when it hits a threshold, it creates an alert. It goes to the doctor. They look at it and, and they'll call the patient in and, and do uh, emergency, uh, an emergency surgical procedure or intervention. And so in terms of tracking the patient in the diagnostic space, this device is being worn continuously. It's continuously recording. It's continuously analyzing that data. When, it, when, when a threshold is met and a trigger is occurs, an event gets created, that event is then classified. Uh, and then the classification of that goes to uh, a call center where you have the nurses look at it. They do a final classification and then get the physician involved. And, and then we've taken that technology and we've simplified it and made a consumer product. So now, you know, what happens after diagnosis, right? You get diagnosed, you get an interventional procedure or, a, or you're given a, a, an antiarrhythmic or a medication. And now for the rest of your life, you're going to be managed. Well, how do you manage yourself? So we've taken that technology and we created this product called the BioHeart, which you can uh, use for lifestyle management. And this is about empowering the individual. So one is for diagnostics. The other is for individual disease management. Fascinating. Is it a business-to-consumer model, business-to-business model? Who are you selling to and how far along are you in, in the company? So we are a business-to-business model primarily. Our first product that has touched the consumer is um, uh, was launched in, in November. But even that can be shared with your physician. So I would almost say like we, we straddle between, right? Because at the end of the day, care delivery or technology delivery that is touching a patient, the patient is a user, right? But they're an ancillary user, right? It's a secondary user. Primarily, we are selling... Uh, you know, as I said, to cardiologists, to physicians, to hospitals. So our primary user is uh, the healthcare provider. And, uh, you know, as I said, we've got 1,500 of them uh, um, that are using our product across 25 states. Um, we've, you know, commercialized two years ago, so we're, we're very early in, but we are growing uh, very, very rapidly. Um, but, you know, when they prescribe that product, it is given to the patient. And then the patient becomes a user during that, that period of time while it's, it's, uh, it's been prescribed. And so we really do pay attention to the patient and we really do engage with the patient. And because what ends up happening is what we see is once you've been diagnosed, you're back on the product in six months because they want to see, did, you, did the intervention work, right? You, you're on a medication. Did everything improve? So six months later, you're back on the product. So we really do need to understand the patient. And this is where, you know, the lifestyle management product that we built, um, that has flipped the coin, right? So where diagnostics is primary uh, user is your your uh, physician and secondary user is your patient. In lifestyle management, your primary user is the patient, your secondary user is the physician. But the physician needs that insight to have a holistic uh, view of the patient to be able to deliver care in the in the best way possible. Thank you. And what are some of the trends that you watch in healthcare that you keep your eye on? What do you think about when you, you look at this? I mean, you're brilliant, uh, brilliant career, brilliant engineer, brilliant founder. What trends do you watch? 
No, a great question. So, you know, I think, you know, everybody who's in the, the, the focus on innovation, there are those those areas that we kind of look at and, and, and track. So, you know, people are talking a lot about digital health. I'm really looking at digital health um, for a variety of reasons, right? So there's telehealth and telemedicine. Everybody's talking about uh, telehealth and telemedicine. Um, and that is really for episodic care. It's really not for chronic, right? It's, you know, you, you, you're kid is sick, your wife is sick, or your loved one is sick, um, your partner, and, and you want to figure out what's going on. Um, and, and you have this telemedicine visit, and you, and, and you, you know, maybe it's a fever, maybe it's what, what have you, and it's a basic prescription, no problem. But, you know, if you fell and you think something is broken, you got to go get an x-ray. So telemedicine doesn't support that. And so digital health is really about delivering care um, and, and bringing more, inf- um, more data and more capabilities for personal consumption in your home. So, you know, and what I put in digital health is, you know, home-based labs, uh, uh, mobile x-rays and ultrasounds that are cost-effective and cheap. What are the devices that you can consume? Um, and what they're doing is they're really focusing on chronic because in chronic patients, you have these issues ongoing, right? So you've got these connected devices, they're in the person's home, they're collecting data, and and, and what does that look like? So I watch that area very, very uh, acutely, digital health, because I'm curious how that, that area is going to be changing and what people are doing on the device side and what people are doing on the sensor side. The other area I look at is the whole world of personalized medicine, which is really focused on genomics uh, application, right? So, you know, Everybody has our lifestyle and behavioral uh, issues, but then, you know, you take a genome sequencing and you say, hey, on this genome sequencing, I found out that I have a predisposition for, you know, diabetes or cardiac or kidney disease. Okay, great. What does that, does that create a care plan for me? Does that create a a, a whole program for me? How do I consume that? Um, What are they doing? Uh, So, you know, you look at 23andMe, it is still very much focused on ancestry and lifestyle and really just uh, telling you um, what you may or may not be at risk for. So, but it hasn't brought in that last layer of engagement for disease management. So, I'm very interested in how that space develops. Um, of course, from a biotricity perspective, but just in general, because I think that's going to be a transformational uh, area of healthcare. Thank you. And one last question, Dr. Al Sadiq. What what advice for founders, what advice, what advice would you give other founders? So, you know, I think there's, there's two things that um, I always, or maybe even three things, but there's always two things that I, I try to focus on um, when, when it comes to, you know, uh, finding a company or being entrepreneurial. It's, it's, and a big part of it is about recruitment, right? We talk about, especially now, it's very hard to recruit people. Things are very, uh, you know, the job market is very tight. There's a lot of uh, people available. But when you want to recruit somebody, and especially early in, in your founding career, you want to find people that are truly engaged and take ownership, right? Because, you know, entrepreneurship and and, uh, and, and as, as a founder of a company, you live and breathe that thing, right? So you need somebody who partners with you on that. And sometimes we we find somebody with a very good resume or a very good, uh, uh, you know, background, and we're like, hey, this person's a perfect fit. But they may not be interested in the problem that you're trying to solve in the same way that you are. So you really need like-minded individuals that take ownership. Otherwise, what will end up happening is it's like 50% ownership, right? They will take a piece away from you, but ultimately you're always going to have to stay engaged. And so really you don't have a partner, you have a half partner. So that's, you know, one area which I think 
in, in terms of the people that you and this this stays even for upper level management, not just founders, but also upper level management. When you hire a marketing person, you need them to take ownership of marketing in the same way that you want and align with the vision of the company that you have. If you are uh, in finance and you want to deal with a finance guy, again, they have to take finance and own that in the same way um, that uh, in, in, in terms of um, your vision and, and where you want the company to go. So that's one area which I think uh, really sh- people should look at. And I think the second area for founders, which is um, very uh, critical, is that we, as founders, you get very convinced, right? You, you know, I always say uh, everybody's drunk off the Kool-Aid, but you make the Kool-Aid, right? Like I, I make the Kool-Aid, I get everybody drunk off of it. So you're so confident to the point of arrogance, right, in terms of what you believe is the problem you're trying to solve. But you have to make sure that your team understands that you are open to ideas. So the confidence allows you to execute, but you have to have the humility to say, hey, that's a better idea and, and you're willing and, and open to it. Because if everybody believes that you, they have no voice, you're never going to get the right people. So you have to be confident, but you have to show and you have to consciously show that if someone has an idea that's better than yours or a better application or a better way of doing something that you've thought of, you will switch literally like an on-off switch. It's a, on, on a switch on, a, on, on a, in a moment's notice. And that actually empowers them because they're, they're part of that story, right? And I think that sometimes as founders, we get so convinced we get drunk off of our own Kool-Aid. So get everybody else drunk, but don't get drunk yourself. No, I think it's, a, it's, it's such an interesting point. This point on your other co-founders, your other early team members, making sure that they're truly committed to what you're trying to do and what, what the company's mission is. It's so, so important. Oh, my goodness. And this concept of being able to try and see things clearly and not get drunk off your own courage, your own excitement, your own everything, I also think is so, so important. I, I, I love those two pieces of feedback. And what I love about them, they're right on. And they're also not the first thing you typically hear from people uh, in terms of what they say about founding a business and stuff like that. So I, I just love those thoughts. Dr. Al-Sadiq, where can people learn more about you and your company? Where do they learn more about you folks? Yeah, you can learn more about m- myself. You know, I have, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out and, and connect. I, I, I'm uh, always available. Um, and in terms of the company, you can uh, find uh, everything about us at biotricity.com. Um, for our consumer product, you can go to bioheart.com. Uh, we also have Twitter, LinkedIn handles uh, for the company. So, you know, uh, please uh, follow us and uh, reach out to us. We we like the feedback. We like to communicate and uh, looking forward to hearing uh, from everybody out there. Dr. Al-Sadiq, just a pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Just terrific. And good luck. Thank you.